Hello, and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. Diana Godfrey, Senior Vice President of Human Resources, hosts an executive women's panel who represent different areas at Fidelity Investments Canada. Diana and the panel discuss each of their roles at Fidelity, their best and worst career decisions, and the challenges they face when filling a role at Fidelity. They also expand on how Fidelity values culture and how you can have a successful career at Fidelity. As women in leadership, they understand that their paths can be different from men and explain how they rose up in an industry that is mostly male-dominated. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. I have a number of women from Fidelity here on a panel with me today. I'm really excited to have my colleagues join me. So, Kelly, first of all, introduce yourself, and then I'll ask the question. My name is Kelly Creelman, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Products and Marketing. And I've been with Fidelity for almost 22 years. Hard to believe, isn't it? What was your best and worst career decision? Best career decision was moving into product. I started in finance and then I moved into product. Or I should have said, sorry, when I moved to Fidelity. I don't think I've had the, I don't think I've had a bad, like a really bad day. So like, no bad career decisions. Well, no, you learn from them all, right? Like you learn from all of them. I think that's awesome. You've had a very unusual career path too, right? So some people might think that's negative, but you think it's positive. Yeah, I've had a lot of different roles in the firm, and uh, I never could have uh, anticipated or guessed any of them, and they've all been great. And as I said, I haven't loved every one of them, but they've all taught me something that I'm using today. Beautiful. Ritu, can you introduce yourself for a minute, please? Sure. Uh, my name is Ritu Kumra. Um, I am an equity research analyst and portfolio manager at um, within the investment management group. And um, I've been here for about 10 years now. Wow. And I will share with this group that Ritu was one of the featured panelists on a client event this week, and she rocked it. So really excited to have her here. We're, we're using her everywhere. Ritu, what was the best and the worst career decision you've ever made? So this is going to sound very similar to what Kelly had said, but my best move was actually um, accepting a job with Fidelity. My worst move was, and again, I don't think that this is a bad move because I agree with Kelly, like you learn from everything. But um, after I had finished my MBA back in 2009, for personal reasons, I moved to Louisiana and I was worried that that would set me back in my career. And um, but ultimately ended up being a fantastic move. I worked on the fixed income side. I learned a lot. It actually helped me with my career path here. Um, but that was a huge concern of mine because, you know, because everyone is like graduating and getting their their favorite jobs. And I was in Louisiana. So, so um, but but it ended up being a great move. I learned from from the experience and and now I'm here. 
That's awesome. And I, you moved from Louisiana to Fidelity in Canada, right? I did, yes. Because I remember that. I remember working on your move. Um, <laughs> it always happens. Paige, I'm going to ask you the same question, but could you introduce yourself first, please? Hi, I'm uh, Paige Wadden. I am the Chief Compliance Officer at Fidelity Clearing Canada. And most recently, I am the uh, VP Compliance, uh, the dealer compliance side uh, for FIT, very recently. You're the newbie on the panel in terms of fidelity, but gobs of experience in the industry. And so I know you've got to have a best and a worst career decision. My, um, I do. <laughs> I have a lot of best decisions, um, but the super best one was uh, leaving a bad boss. That was a very, very good decision to make, even though um, it's very difficult to make those decisions um, because you, you wonder where your career is going to go. So I can pretty much tell you that was a very good decision, although it was very scary at the time. So believing that I'm making the right decision for me is what was so fabulous because I wouldn't be here if this wasn't the case. I didn't, I haven't actually made a bad decision. I'm kind of like with Kelly and, and Ritu. I mean, every uh, decision that I've made has brought me forward and I can't actually look back and say I made, I made a bad decision. In the moment, I might have made a doubtful decision, one that was very uncomfortable, but in hindsight, I have not, not made a bad decision. Well, that's awesome to hear. Najma, can you take a minute and introduce yourself and same question to you, best and worst. Hi, everybody. My name is Najma Pilgrim. I am the VP of Human Resources and Inclusion. Um, similar to some of the other people who have spoken, every decision I've made that hasn't worked out, maybe that was short term, but then long term, it actually was for the best. I can think of a time when I worked in the U.S. and I worked in North Carolina and Albuquerque. Um, and what that experience taught me was that I don't particularly want to work in the U.S. and I love Canada and I love Toronto. Um, it's very multicultural. Um, and this was where I chose to have my career. So I'm glad I had the experience. Um, definitely wouldn't want to do it again, um, but I did learn a lot. Wonderful. Thank you. Any best? I think the best career experience I've ever had was when I was a lot younger. Um, I worked in a retail and I really got the opportunity to appreciate how hard it is to work in retail and how when I go shopping, I make sure that I appreciate the people who help me because it's a tough career. Particularly now. Najma, you're a boomerang employee. Right? Not because of generation. No, 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 I didn't say a boomer. I said a boomerang employee. Um, yes, I so am. do you want to just talk a little bit about what a boomerang employee is and maybe why you chose to come back? Because I would have said that was your best career decision. It's always a good career decision to work for Fidelity. This is an amazing organization. Um, the first opportunity when I worked for this organization, I, I lived in Canada, but I did work across the border more often than I worked in Canada. And unfortunately, at some point that ended. Um, I came back to Fidelity, be committed to Canada because of the people 
and because there was such opportunity for me. There's one thing that um, I think is important for me, it's being challenged and Fidelity gives you a lot of opportunity to be challenged and to grow. And so that's why I came back the second time. Beautiful, thank you. So a boomerang employee is an employee who leaves and comes back because they know they belong here. So that that's a perfect little story. Now, Meng Ting, actually, you've been here a little bit longer, I think, than Paige, but still a relative newbie. Maybe you could introduce yourself and then the same question for you, best and worst career decisions. Yes, thanks, Diana. So hi, everyone. My name is Ming Ting Lee. I've been at Fidelity for over two years, so coming to three years um, this summer. And uh, I am a manager in the finance department for the FP&A division. So, you know, best career decision, definitely joining Fidelity. That's an easy one um, to think of for sure. And when I think of worst career decision, I don't think it was, you know, a bad decision or worse, but it's something I could have done maybe differently. So looking back at my previous company, I made the mistake of staying in a role for too long. And I, you know, realized that I was no longer learning. I wasn't excited about what I was doing. And, you know, not only did I feel burned out, I was just unhappy. So I think just learning from that experience and better taking care of myself and kind of making a change um, faster instead of um, staying in that for too long. Makes sense to me. Violetta. Thank you, Diana. So good morning, good afternoon. Uh, and my name is Violetta Dikanovic and I'm VP of Corporate Business Initiatives and Emerging Technologies. Uh, starting, I would like to start with the worst career decision. In my case, uh, fortunately, that was early in my career. So early on, I was uh, offered the opportunity to work in academia, basically staying to, at university to teach. And I quickly learned that really not for me. I was not that much interested in research and um, teaching theoretical knowledge. So I wanted to be hands-on. So I moved that uh, fairly quickly. Um, best career decision, uh, it is related to fidelity. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I was offered to take a lead on major business initiatives that completely took me out of my comfort zone. Um, so, but, you know, once you pass on the taking the risk and fear and just being on your tippy toes just to survive the day, uh, it was really invaluable experience. So the people you got to work and how much I learned and grew. Uh, so I guess my message is that don't be afraid to be afraid. Good message. And just so everybody knows, I'm going to answer the question too, because Kelly was busting my chops before this, asking why I wasn't having to answer questions. So my best career uh, decision was joining Fidelity. And I know that sounds trite, but I had two job offers at the time. And truth be told, the other one in the moment was more lucrative, but I had to look at the long-term prospects. So chose Fidelity. Worst career decision, working for a narcissist who, you know, I didn't last there very long and it wasn't at Fidelity's. Could you describe a role that's been difficult to fill at Fidelity and why do you think it was difficult? What could go different? What could be different about it? So I know everybody's had varying degrees of involvement in hiring people, but you might have seen it in the peripheral as well. So. I'll turn it over to Ritu first, because I know you work with the PMs and the analysts on looking for new people. I think Fidelity has a certain culture, 
and that culture is uh, one that you want to keep when when hiring people and so um, making sure that culture continues from generation to generation and with your hiring is really important and so um, so I would say that you know in just you know looking for looking for cultural fit I think is is really important and um, and I think that that is sometimes that's sometimes hard to find. Fair enough. Kelly, you do a lot of hiring. What are some of the challenging roles that you've had this year? And what are you finding challenging about finding those people? I run two very different areas. Products and marketing are different in a lot of ways. Uh, in marketing, I'm having trouble hiring um, digital individuals or uh, people with real technical backgrounds. And one of the challenges has been uh, not thinking about kind of long term. So a lot of them are getting swayed by, I'd say, uh, lesser roles, but in well-known high-profile technology companies as opposed to a financial institution. So um, that's been really challenging to try and um, to try and get talented individuals at an investment firm. On the product side, everyone wants to come. Everyone wants to work for Fidelity. It's a great investment company, but from a technical side. Obviously, they're looking at, you know, the Googles, the Amazons of the world. It's been more difficult there, definitely. And then um, related, I've been trying to find um, very diverse talent on our team so that we've got a lot of different personalities and, um, you know, trying to maintain the culture. And so that's been, uh, that's always a lot of fun bringing in new blood into the team. So it's not so much as the challenge there, but you know, it's something we consider so that we're not all hiring the same individuals and having a lot of, um, you know, people just like us on the team. What does a typical marketing role look like at Fidelity? I'd say there, there's no typical role right now, but there's a couple of different roles, right? So uh, one is our creative team where they're working on, they're making things look fantastic. They're bringing our brand to life. They're designing all of our ads, our television commercials, our videos. That's great. Um, and then, and I call that the creative group. And then you've got the group um, that's more analytical and digital in nature. And they're looking at how do we deploy that creative? So how do we work with technology to get that message through targeted AI, advertising, et cetera? So much more analytical and um, thinking about deployment, implementation, et cetera. Fair enough. Any roles in your areas that are tough? I almost feel like I shouldn't be asking that question. Compliance people, hard, right? It really is hard. Um, I have to say that we end up having a lot of people apply to compliance positions, but they just don't have the, the background and the proficiency. Um, and also connected to what Kelly said uh, with digital um, understanding because that's that's really the way of the future and 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 the now. So it's it's really difficult to find um, people who actually have the proficiency. And you know it's always great to have some experience, but at this point in time, we are always open to um, having new, fresh energy and ideas join the department because um, there's just a lot to learn from somebody who comes in not already jaded by a previous compliance position. So um, having the education is really important. Good, thank you. We're gonna shift gears. Bang Ting, 
if you could offer one piece of advice to somebody starting out in their starting their career in the business world, what would that advice be? I would say, I think when we look look at job postings, a lot of times we think we don't match that a hundred percent, and that you know I, we don't satisfy all the qualifications. But I think we gotta you know give it a try, right? Like take risk and apply for that job anyways, because you. You never know. Um, a lot of people might not have everything, but we also look for a lot of potential um, in what the future could look like, especially joining Fidelity. So just being fearless and just believing yourself um, and you know applying for those jobs. That's great advice. Thank you. I'm going to ask the same question, please. Violetta, what piece of advice would you give to somebody starting their career? Well, I think I will actually continue where MT uh, stopped and it's really about curiosity follow your gut feel if something piques your interest like if, it, if you're just curious then go for it because that's what matters passion matters curiosity matters because you know uh, just to continue with anti i completely agree you you may not have exact tools or exact applications or exact um, experience for, for that matter you, you may not even know what mutual fund is but uh, you can learn that. We can teach you that, right? It, it is that interest that, that matters the most. Wonderful. Thank you. Najma, this is a question. I'm excited about this. We have a student who will be joining us in the future. Any advice on how they can be successful and have a fantastic career at Fidelity? Oh, boy. How much time do you have? Lots of, lots of wisdom. Um, the one thing I would say is at Fidelity, uh, we give our students, we give um, if it's specifically a student role, we give our students real work. We give them work that we would give to other employees. And so the reality is you're going to make a mistake at some point. Mistakes happen and that's okay. Our expectation from you when you make a mistake is that you just take accountability from it, you learn from it, and you move forward. So I think that is one thing that most of us need to get our head around. None of us are perfect. Mistakes do happen. Managers expect it. And our goal is to then work with you, coach you, and help you to move past it. But I think that is one of the things that really um, hits people's confidence, Diana, just starting out. Fair enough. And, you know, if you're coming in as a student, I think one of the things that's really nice is we have a very robust student program. You will get more out of it the more you participate. And so make sure while you're here, you take the time to be engaged not only with the students but with the broader organization right and so um, you'll get to meet Farida that I promise you what's your perspective on disruptive technologies like blockchain and how can they transform the industry I kind of feel obliged to, to answer that one first, uh, seeing that I'm uh, leading emerging technologies. I, I think it's really important. As a matter of fact, we are actually doing at Fidelity lots of important research and, and putting the blockchain and these disruptive technology to life. Um, uh, we are exploring metaverse. We are exploring all of these kind of leading edge technologies. There is definitely a place and uh, we are not here to de deny it, that will be a dangerous and plain stupid, if I may use that word. We embrace new things and Fidelity is known for embracing new technologies and putting them to life, uh, usually leading the pack in our industry. Fair enough. Anybody else want to comment on it? I would like to. Go Paige. I have to say, 
Fidelity is cutting edge as it relates to this, at least from a regulatory perspective. We've just gone through a huge, huge initiative on the FCC side in order to be able to um, be regulated. The first clearing and custody house in Canada to actually be regulated for, you know, shall we say digital assets that flow on the blockchain, which is amazing. So how important is it? It's key, it's critical, it's the future. And uh, Fidelity's right there at the forefront. If I can add in two cents as well, even from an investment from an investment angle, um, we just launched the Fidelity Advantage Bitcoin ETF. And so that goes hand in hand with the blockchain. And um, and there's just, you know, there's there's it's just opened up a new world of potential project uh, products. So um, so like everyone else has said, you know, I think we're on the cutting edge of this technology. Thank you, ladies. Now, here's an interesting question that I think we can all relate to. How do you deal with speaking confidently in situations where it's mostly men in the room and the meeting can be dominated by the men? Violetta, let's start with you. Sure. Well, um, I work in technology and I think I may as well stop there, right? So, so it's all about numbers and it's about ratio, right? You know, I studied electrical engineering and the ratio at the time was one in 18. And uh, although it's not that harsh now at work, um, you know, I'm often the only woman in the room or one of the very few. So, so how I deal with that, I kind of developed this uh, a strategy that I call selective gender oblivion. So when I walk into the room, I do not walk in there as a woman. I walk in there as a person with a beating heart and working brain. I'm there to share what I know. I'm there to listen, to participate, to lead if I need to lead. Uh, long story short, uh, it is really about I'm there to do my job and to do it well. Uh, so that strategy actually served me well. So if I'm at the table, no matter who else and how many other men, and they're usually majority, sit at that table, uh, I kind of tend to not look at it. Fair enough. Ming Ting, you work in finance. We have lots of women in finance, but more men. What do you do? So to be honest, it's also something I'm still working on, um, speaking confidently. And I recall there was a time where we were in a meeting and then there was a question that was asked. And I I thought I knew the answer and I wanted to speak up. But then this voice inside me just, you know, I, I don't think I was brave enough at that point. And then a fellow gentleman in the meeting room, you know, said it. And I said, and I'm, am I, I'm thinking that's what I was going to say. So I think it's just learning to not overthink and, and be, um, you know, able to raise the hand because it's just, you want to build that confidence and practice also helps and just believing in yourself um, that way. I think it takes time as well. I, I think you're right. You know, Ritu, you had a really hard job this week on a stage with a thousand people watching. I alluded to that at the beginning. You work with a ton of men. How do you do it? I, I concur with my with my colleagues on the panel. Like I don't really look at the fact that I am um I'm a female and they're male. Um I I just I think, you know, I just if I have something to say, I'll say it. And you know, I think I think um I think it 
you know, as much as, you know, people might feel like, you know, they're not, they're not confident enough to like speak their mind. I think ultimately uh, people will, res will respect you more for, for saying what's on your mind. And so, um, you know, I, I try not to think about the, how much, how I'm a female and, and I work with so many males. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think, um, the, the men that I work with are fantastic. You know, like it, there's just, they're such great people, uh, very welcoming, very uh, family friendly. And so I just try not to think about it. Fair enough. Najma, some of the people have been with the organization for quite a long time. I think all of us are in Toronto, but does Fidelity support geographical moves? Can you maybe comment on that since you're in HR? Absolutely. Um, if the opportunity is there, uh, that's not a problem for us. And I think that if anything, we've had quite a few people who have moved around because the opportunities have presented themselves. So that is not something that would be a non-starter for us. Great, thank you. And that would hold across the country and maybe even working with our international colleagues, right? Exactly. Perfect. And I think, you know, hiring Ritu from the States while she wasn't with Fidelity is an example of, you know, international moves for sure. Um, Kelly, question for you. Um, what do you think the industry looks like in five years? That's a great question. Uh, a couple of things. I think it's going to be much more digital in nature. We've talked about that theme today, but I think the way in which we do business and talk to our clients and administer everything will be much more digital. But I think also the way in which our investors uh, invest will be more digital in nature. I still think that everyone um, is better off with the value of advice and working with a financial advisor. But I think there's a way to do that in which you're maybe more integrated onto a digital platform. I think, you know, as we get younger and younger investors, you know, they aren't as interested in that face-to-face -face contact. Um, the other thing that would be different is, I'd say the products that we're coming out with, uh, we're coming out with um, new and different investment vehicles than we have in the past. So you're seeing more access to uh, strategies that were, you know, historically only available to things like pension plans or investment managers. So that's things like, you know, real assets, you know, property alternatives. Uh, and ETFs uh, in some regards as well. Crypto obviously will be quite different. So I think it really is a very much a disruptive time right now. That makes sense. Now, I, I would say this question may be for Paige and Violetta. What are the emergent skills that um, might not be as critical today as they will be in the future? So thinking about what Kelly describes of the future, what are the, what are the skills that we need to see? Absolutely. Um technology and and it's funny because you think that there are so many traditional roles out there that will never touch on technology but everything touches on technology now so understanding excel how to work with pivot tables things that you think that traditionally don't ever touch um data spreadsheets it's everywhere we turn on data and so being able to extract data, understand data, and access it is going to be key in, I would say, every role. 
I would agree with that. So, 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 but I, I would like to complement that with something else. So we do lots of artificial intelligence. We are deploying AI tools, machine learning tools, uh, uh, initiatives. But with all of that emergence, emerging of technology, the soft skills are going to be as as relevant and actually important as as anything else because you know we are not going to leave everything to robots or these automated uh, procedures to do uh, another area that i would like to touch on is that um, corporate sustainability that's a hot topic and it's happening everywhere so so you see actually a rise in not only interest in public around investors as well, as much as you say, actually lots of jobs creating in that area. And to be frank, you know, it's really hard to predict what are going to be new jobs and new careers five years from now. Right. What is the best personal benefit of working at Fidelity? I'm going to start with Ming Ting. I think one of the many things that the company, you know, has been very supportive. And I think generally Fidelity really cares about the people. So personally, through this pandemic, I know Fidelity has offered many resources. And one of them was this Zoom free day, um, we call it. And I think I really benefit from that because it's always nice to have, um, you know, big, large times of block in your calendar to actually focus, catch up on readings or emails. So I think I definitely benefit from that. And I, I like how we're continuing that initiative throughout the year to have those, um, you know, catch up or Zoom free days. I have to say I agree because all this Zoom, I wear glasses now and I didn't wear glasses before. So it's a, it's, it is hard. Never mind that, you know, the, the psyche, it's the eyes too. Um, Najma, same question for you, personal benefit. Besides the fact that we work together, what's the other one? MT took the one that I was going to say, which was, um, so the day that we have our catch-up day that we have to be Zoom free. But I think the other personal uh, benefit for me is working with our ERGs. It's really great to be able to work with other employees who are like-minded and you learn a lot about other cultures and learning a lot about other people's um, uh, uh, backgrounds and interests. And the ERG events, Diana, I think are something that allows me to really grow as a person because I've learned so much about others. Perfect. Uh, Violetta. Well, if you ask my daughter, she would have said that's Fidelity's annual uh, family and friend Wonderland trip. Uh, but, and I'm looking forward for us to be able to do it again after pandemic. But um, work-wise, I would say that Fidelity offers lots of opportunities to do different things. So there's definitely lots of encouragement to try and explore different areas and kind of, you know, go and shadow and work with different people. So I think that's really awesome for everybody uh, to, you know, expand their career, particularly for young, young people joining the organization. Perfect. Paige. Easily touches on everything that has been said already. Um, my, my soul is filled with um, the joy pretty much of getting to work with such a variety of um, people every day. And the diversity that's there is amazing. The projects, they, like I, seriously, I know it sounds corny, but I wake up every day and I can't wait to actually start working. And that this is a first in my life. I am loving the variety that I have at Fidelity and it's because of the people. And I know she's not kidding. She comes to every meeting with energy. Ritu, same question. 
I would say uh, flexibility. I have two young girls and um, Fidelity's been tremendously flexible, which is very much needed when you have a, a young family. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think the flexibility has really, really helped me manage the work-life balance. Thank you. Perfect. Kelly. Uh, hands down the people. I have very, very good friends that I work with and I'm lucky to work with friends and I respect all of my colleagues and my teams are great and we have a lot of fun together while we're getting everything done. And uh, it's a good thing. As I said, I've been here 22 years. So it's nice to be able to work in a place where you've got great friends and you can, you, you love the people you work with, you trust them and you want the best for all of your colleagues. That's awesome. And so as we wrap it up, I'm just going to share my answer. And it's that my personal values are aligned with the corporate values. And I know that sounds very cliche, but the idea of integrity and trust and operating that way are very important to me. And I have the privilege of working with these wonderful women and many other people. And we operate in a compassionate way every day. And there's nothing more that an HR person could ask for. So as we wrap it up, thank you very much, ladies. I appreciate how much time you've given us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice. 